Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, this may be the busiest Monday show I've had in a long time. We've got the Arizona audit update. I've got the programming is now complete. The KGB defector in the 1980s, Yuri Bezmanov, who warned us about the programming. The programming is now complete. Examples of that. Also, a big update on the collusion hoax indictment that came out. The border situation, a stack show. Let me get right to it. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity from big tech and government spying. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I'm going to get right to it today. Thank you to everyone who listened to yesterday's Sunday interview special. Great reviews on it. We really appreciate it. It's on the regular. Wherever you listen to the podcast, it's on Rumble. It's on Apple. Everywhere. Check it out. My interviews with Brian Birdwell, Donald Trump, and uh, Bill O'Reilly. Thank you for all the positive feedback. We'll be doing that uh, every other week now. All right, let's get to it. Uh, this is really, we had a, I had a tough time fitting 20 pounds of stuff in a 10-pound bag. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe. Let's go. Okay. Joe, excited on a Monday morning. There's always. Yeah, Monday. The pr- Monday. <laughs> you don't like Monday. Get out of here. You hate Monday. You're a very good that. actor on Monday. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, guess what? Very early today. That's why I had a little, little traveling today. The programming, right. ladies and gentlemen, including with Armacost, is now complete. Okay, he's not woke. Listen, uh, they can't seem to get their memo straight out of the White House. What's the memo? Are the unvaccinated a danger to the vaccinated? Or are the vaccinated now a danger to the unvaccinated? The liberals can't seem to get their story straight. I'm going to show you the Bezmanov video in a minute, a side-by-side. Guy was kind enough to put together. But I want to play this for you first. Just quick. Uh, now, Leanna Wen, uh, leftist uh, medical commentator, use that term loosely because I don't know what kind of you know, medicine she's advising us on at CNN. Remember Leanna Wen, former head of Planned Parenthood, CNN medical analyst. Now she's saying the leftist message seems to be changing, folks, that the vaccinated are a grave danger to the unvaccinated. Check this out. And those who are vaccinated, we now know based on the CDC, they are now able, We, but with the Delta variant, because they carry so much more virus, they could transmit it to their unvaccinated family members. And so I, for example, even though I'm fully vaccinated, my children are not because they're too young to be vaccinated. So I need to be now careful for my children because of all the unvaccinated people around us. So can you get your story straight? What's the, I'm confused, gents. We got two here. Is Guy's confused too, Joe. Are you confused? Oh, are the unvaccinated a danger to the vaccinated? Or as Leanna Wen is saying, are now the vaccinated a danger to everybody? What's I'm a, I'm a, hold on. I don't know. 
having a tough time digesting which narrative is in fact accurate at this point. Because here's Joe Biden last week saying the exact opposite, that it's the unvaccinated. You guys are the worst, you unvaccinated. You 25% unvaccinated. You're really screwing us of vaccinated people over. What is it? Who's worse, the vaccinated or the unvaccinated? Check Biden out here. The vast majority of Americans are doing the right thing. Three quarters of the eligible have gotten at least one shot. But one quarter has not gotten any. And in a country as large as ours, that's 25% minority, can cause an awful lot of damage. And they are causing a lot of damage. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals, overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units, leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or a cancer operation needed to get the life-saving care because the places where they would get that care are crowded. They are not available. Folks, <laughs> they cannot get their story straight. They're not. See, this is what happens when you engage in a fear porn campaign and you don't tell people the truth from the start about how the vaccines work, what they do, how they work, what their effectiveness is. This is what happens when you do hyperbole, exaggeration for effect and pseudoscience and you don't level with people from the start. Now they can't get their story straight anymore. All right, enough of that. I only played that in the beginning of the show, not to drive you crazy, but to show you how Yuri Bezmenov, the KGB defector, warned us back in the 80s during this interview. He warned us about the programming of liberals in America that once they are fully programmed by the leftist indoctrination system, the pipeline now from grammar school through college, there is nothing you can do to deprogram them. There is nothing you can tell them. You tell them vaccines work, Leanna Wen's telling you, oh my gosh, the vaccinated, you could be a danger to the unvaccinated. They had, they can't, the programming is now complete. You can't shake them through their doldrums once they're programmed, right? He was kind enough to put this together. Remember that Arizona State University video? These two uh, college students walk in and start verbally attacking these two white young men who are just sitting, studying, because one of them had a Police Lives Matter bumper sticker on his computer. You remember that, what happened? So I said to Guy, I said, what if we put together a side-by-side of Yuri Bezmenov warning about the programming of liberals in America and how they will become useful idiots with this ASU, Arizona State University video of these two woke-topians attacking these two poor kids who were doing nothing but studying. What if we did that? Well, here is the result. I want you to watch this. This is... Thank you, for, Guy, for putting this together. This is great. Check this out. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. What did I do wrong? You have a bad... You're, you're offensive. Police lives matter. Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result? The result you can see. Genocide and slavery. Look at his face. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans. But you're white. Do you understand what a multicultural space? It means you're not being centered. White's not a culture? No. No, it's not a culture. It's white is not a culture. Say it again to the camera. You think whiteness is a culture? This is insane. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. White cis men who are threatening black students by saying police lives matter. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. It's like one of the most unracist countries. Oh my what? God! 
what we mean about they will see in future what the what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice you see how he warned us decades ago about once the socialist programming sets in critical thinking goes out the window these kids walk in there to criticize two people for doing absolutely nothing two male students for studying based solely on their skin color while simultaneously claiming to be defending people of a different skin color because color should matter. If that makes sense to you, you're probably one of the idiots programmed by what Bezmanov was warning about. He just sent me something during the break, too. Just back to the vaccinated thing, too. Right, we opened up the show with the left can't get their message straight on the vaccinated either. This is because they've thrown critical thinking out the window. Their new logic. This is pretty funny. I didn't make this up. This was a meme on the internet. But, it, you know, memes, we don't do a lot of memes. This one's actually hilarious because this is what happens when critical thinking goes out the window. And you're a programmed automaton idiot. So with the vaccine, quote, the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected. <laughs> hey, Mom! The meatloaf! <laughs> oh, we yeah. haven't done that one in a while. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was a good time. Man, you've been keeping that one on the bench for a while. It's been like oh, three yeah. years since we busted that one. Man, alive. <laughs> the programming, it's complete. Even, <laughs> even Will Farrell. Want to see who's programmed? Let's go down the list. And what, just to be clear, what I'm talking about here, you heard the Besmanov video. What he's talking about is the indoctrination where socialists get people to forego critical thinking. And really, I mean, any kind of critical thinking whatsoever and just accept everything the state tells you as fact. When the state is all powerful, the knowledge has to be a, the wellspring from which everybody drinks as well. There's no real knowledge. It's only the water given to you by the state from the state well. They don't think about anything. Liberal state is telling them to be woketopians. They're woketopians. They tell them that the vaccinated need to be protected from the unvaccinated. Fine. Then they tell them the unvaccinated need to be protected from the vaccinated. That's fine too. They never think critically about this. They don't think critically about anything. That's why the morons at Axios are still pumping the whip scandal. Yes. I sent this to Guy this morning. He was like, please don't tell me we're doing the whip thing again. No, we're not. They're doing the whip thing again. He was Axios this weekend. Governor Greg Abbott, the Border Patrol agents who whipped that Haitian migrants from horseback. Axios. Program. Quick, because I don't waste a lot of time on this. Showing you the program, how dangerous they are. Gerald Byer, I believe he's from the Wall Street Journal. He tweeted this out this weekend. This is an article in the New Yorker. Should the climate movement embrace sabotage? How to blow up a pipeline? This was apparently in the New Yorker, according to Byer's tweet, right? So Byers, who's a sane person, says the guest commentator here literally calls for blowing up pipelines, oil pipeline, not a metaphor. The New Yorker literally platforming a terrorist. So the author of this article is apparently teaching people or instructing people on how to blow up pipelines. That's not unusual. We know the left is crazy and they've been programmed. I, this is an actual screenshot from my phone of the, uh, of the leftist responding to this tweet. You would think they would be disgusted and in horror that people are talking about blowing up pipelines, causing danger, death, and destruction around the United States to people just trying to get oil to fuel their cars and stay warm. No, they love it. Here's just a few of the responses. By the way, this is one. This, these are not spliced together. This is just one screenshot of four in a row. You could go down the row like this, all the comments. Leftist nuts says, what oil companies do to get their pipelines uh, is terrorism. 
sabotaging them is self-defense. Here's another one. You may disagree with the methods, but it's important to debate this in the marketplace of ideas without canceling? No, no, it's not. Destroying pipelines, transporting oil, which is destroying the world. Justifying. Here's another one. Yeah, cl- yeah, clearly their property rights are more important than the survival of the species. And here's another one. About time for some radical reform. Entirely programmed. Programmed to believe that the, the state told them uh, border patrol agents whip people at the border. It didn't happen. Programmed to believe the white kid with the police sticker, some kind of racist. Didn't happen. Number three, programmed to believe the world's going to burn up in 12 years because of global warming. Not happening. This is the response you get from programmed idiots. Here's another one. You know, the mask lunatics, they wear a mask, uh, three masks in their car while they're alone with the vents closed and the windows shut on a uh, 600 degree day in the middle of Florida. You show them the data. It doesn't matter. They're programmed. It doesn't matter. You cannot defeat the program. Here you go. Here's the latest data out of the prison state of Australia, a prison colony now, total prison colony, descended into total totalitarian madness with the mask stuff. Here's what happened when they required masks anytime outside the home. What happened? If you're looking at the chart, cases exploded after masks were required. But they're working just great, aren't they? Working just great. Look at the chart. Go to my Rumble account. Look at this chart. Cases are up, what is it, like 600% after they required masks out outside the home on July 15th? Keep it up, Libs. Keep it up. You don't ask any questions ever, right? Critical thinking isn't your thing. Gosh, we got a mask mandate. Cases have now exploded. So if masks work, why aren't masks working? You'll never ask yourself that question. All right, I want to get to the Arizona audit. I'm going to go to my second spot a little early here because this is important stuff. It's going to involve a lot of numbers and some some accusations in the report. And I got to dig deeper into it and some expo- or possible explanations and some open questions. This is an important segment if you're interested in what happened in 2020 and what could happen in 2024 again. Don't go anywhere. I appreciate your patience with our sponsors. They want to be here and talk to you. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Speaking of programming, the swamp is programmed to be afraid to ask real questions about the election. Candidly, they're afraid of everyone. They're afraid of being attacked by the media. They're afraid of being attacked by Trump. They're afraid of being attacked by everybody. And I never understood why facts are so troubling for people. There was a problem in the 2020 election. You would think people of good faith, regardless of your party politics, would be interested in knowing what happened. And I promised you and pledged to you from the start when we had news, we would break it. If we don't have news, there's nothing to talk about. Well, we have some news. I dug into this Arizona report, came away with some interesting data. Here are some major concerns I have from the audit of the 2020 election in Arizona. Some quick numbers here on what they found. 
they found 23,300 roughly mail-in votes from people who are not residing at the address they mailed in the vote from. Hold these numbers in your head for a moment. About 23,000 mail-ins uh, address didn't match up, okay? 17,300 duplicate ballots, 2,000 uh, roughly voters who had moved, 2,300 who voted but at, in Maricopa County, but the audit was in Maricopa County, but moved out of Maricopa County. And um, about 3,432 uh, and more. Uh, oh, it's going to come up next. I'm sorry. That uh, Hold on to that. Just keep in mind the 2,300 that voted moved out of Maricopa County. So again, this is important. I explained to you last week, we could have a validity issue here. Don't confuse reliability with validity. Something can be reliable, but be reliably wrong, like a scale. If it's 10 pounds off all the time, it's reliable. If you're 120 and it weighs you at 130, you know you're 120 because it's 10 pounds off, and it's always 10 pounds off. But it's not valid. It's not measuring your weight. Your weight is 120, not 130. So if an election is reliable, it's always 1% to 2% off because of fraud. It's still not valid because the guy who won, they won by less than 1%, didn't vote, didn't win. You get it? It's not a valid measure of an election outcome. Does everybody understand that key? That makes sense. It's, I just want to be sure everybody's grabbing this here. Reliability and validity aren't the same thing. Now, here's the problem with that. We may have a validity issue here with those numbers. So keep in mind some of them. Of the 23,000 mail-in voting, mail-in voters that didn't reside at the address, there may be an explanation for 15,000 of them who moved but stayed in Maricopa County. So it wasn't a duplicate. They may have just gotten their own address wrong or they may have moved. Now, having said that, that still leaves thousands more potentially unexplained at this point. We'll see. I'm still digging through the report. But listen, I'm not here to give you fairy tales about anything. I'm here to tell you the truth. 23,000, it appears 15,000 may have an explanation. So we'll see. But thousands more may not. And that's what interests me. And I don't understand why anybody would run from this. Here. Here's another one. 1.7 thousand of those 23,000 went elsewhere in Arizona. So again, their ballots may still be valid because they were still Arizona voters and they maybe voted with their last address instead of the other one. But it doesn't necessarily mean those votes were fraud. Keep in mind, out of the 23,000 mail-in ballots that from people not residing at the address, that they're, that's not their actual address anymore, 30, only 33% of them were Republican votes. So again, I just want you to keep this in mind. You know, we can't do an audit and then ignore the audit. That doesn't make sense. But there are still thousands that are potentially unexplained here. And Arizona, this is just Maricopa, by the way. Arizona's got some explaining to do. These people deserve an answer. I mean, I don't understand why facts and data bother people. What's so troubling about that? If there was no fraud or not enough to change the election, that's a good thing, right? No one wants a fraudulent election. However, if there was fraud that could have flipped the result in Arizona, wouldn't you want to know that? I certainly do. Don't you? But keep in mind, again, of those 23,000, apparently only 33% of them were GOP voters. All right. So, oh, the uh, the excess vote. So that was the 3,432 number. Sorry about that. I got a little, I got a little tied up before with all these numbers in my head. So there were 3,432 excess votes that were counted but didn't show up. They were excess votes. But, again, if you read the report, there may be an explanation for that. 
the explanation for that given by Maricopa, and we'll see as it starts to flesh out in the coming days. Again, it's a lot of information, folks. The report is pretty detailed. You may say, how can 3,432 more people vote than, than, than show up in the vote tally? Well, the way Arizona explains it is, and there, there'd be a reason here, if this, is, if, if this is accurate, they may have been victims of domestic abuse or judges under protective orders. That just, that seems like a lot of people. I mean, that's a, the scale of the problem there would be enormous. So in other words, those voter files are not publicly available. So they're not, in fact, excess votes. They just can't match them up with a voter file because the voter file is hidden. Folks, again, that's what Arizona is telling us, okay? I'm here to give you the facts and the data so you can formulate your own educated opinion. But 3,432, that seems like a lot of judges and a lot of uh, domestic abuse victims. Could be. But that's their explanation for that. As I said, I'm here to tell you the truth. As for the 17,000 duplicate ballots, where you had one person uh, who shows up with two ballots, one person who shows up twice in the balloting, Arizona is saying Maricopa County, 9,000 of those, uh, about 9,041 were cured ballots. In other words, they didn't vote twice. They submitted two ballots. So Guy walks in and votes, right? Doesn't sign it. They call him back. Guy, you didn't sign it. He comes out, fills out a new ballot, and then signs it. But again, that still leaves quite a few more unexplained. Now, having said that, of the nine thousand, of the seventeen thousand duplicate ballots, so we have a supposedly, according to Maricopa County, we have nine thousand of them explained. Again, that's what they're saying. You formulate your own opinions, okay? Remember, of the seventeen thousand duplicate ballots, only thirty percent were GOP ballots. So again, a lot of those people were Democrats. So, you know, we don't know what that was. Was those Democrat voters, GOP voters? Where are the other couple thousand? I'm assuming Arizona will have some explanation for this in the coming days. Then we can analyze it, and I can tell you, I can tell you what I think on it. But I'm giving you this stuff as I, I ran through it over the weekend. It was a long weekend. Now, I don't know why everybody's running from this audit and panicking, even GOP swamp rats. You know the Democrats are because they just don't want you to see what happens in elections and the messes they usually are. But, you know, it's interesting. I have a couple book contracts and written in, book, written in the book contracts, I can audit the company at any time to make sure I'm getting the royalties right. Why is everybody so panicked about doing an audit of an election? I, I, I don't, I mean, I know what it is. The Democrats don't want you to, ex even if the fraud isn't enough to overturn the result and say the 2020 election and, and say convincingly, well, Trump won, even if that never happened, right? The Democrats still don't want you to see the extent to which our elections are a mess without really good, strong voter ID where it's easy to vote and hard to cheat. That's why this uh, election audit frightens them so much. All right, uh, moving on. I will keep you updated on that, I promise. That, that, how do you feel about that section? I, I, the numbers are the numbers so far, and I'm giving you right. both explanations. What they said in the audit, how Maricopa responded, and what the, uh, you know, what the explanations were. We'll see as the days go forward. All right, the programming doesn't end there where the swamp's afraid to ask questions about voter integrity. The programming goes on. Think about the programming at the border now. The left has been programmed to believe just rank stupidity, uh, contradictory statements, and nonsense from our leaders at the border without ever critically thinking at all. Mayorkas, our failed DHS secretary, was on with Chris Wallace yesterday on Fox, and he was asked about the wall. 
Uh, why don't you build a wall? Chris Wallace is like, hey, you know, a wall could work. That could stop people. It's an obstacle. You know, walls work everywhere else. Our house around Congress. I mean, we don't let people, you know, uh, in the White House just jump in through the windows and, and parachute into the top. We have walls, right? Or we have a fence around the White House. Listen to Mayorkas's answer. And I want to point again to how, again, these people are not stupid, Mayorkas. He thinks you're stupid. Check this out. Why did you allow them in the country in the first place? Why didn't you build forgive me, a wall or a fence to stop them from walking in this flood of people coming across the dam. It looks like a highway that allows them to cross the Rio Grande. It is this pol the policy of this administration. Uh, we do not agree with the building of the wall. The law provides that individuals can make a claim for humanitarian relief. That is actually one of our proudest traditions. <sighs> Again, to the programmed non-critical thinkers on the left who aren't interested in facts and data. That's not what we do on the show. We do facts like we just did on the audit and we did before about the masks in Australia and other things. Do you understand how stupid what Mayorkas said just is? That we don't do a wall because we believe everybody has a claim of asylum they can make. Can you make a claim of asylum in the middle of the Texas desert at 2 o'clock in the morning? Now, uh, again, this is again, this is a serious question. For those of you who listen to my radio show, you get the joke. This is a very serious question. Why can't you, as an immigrant from, say, El Salvador, coming here to the country? I'm not going to throw legal or illegal. Say you had a legitimate asylum claim. Why can't you show up in the middle of the desert, of the desert portion of the border, Texas, Arizona, at two o'clock in the morning, randomly, and demand to be seen by an asylum seeking, uh, an asylum officer as an asylum seeker. Now, if you're a liberal, you're probably laughing. You're going, oh my gosh, Dan, because you're probably programmed because you, you realize I'm setting you up right now. You're like, gosh, that's a stupid question because there's nobody there. You know, we have ICE officers to hear those cases out and we have to know you're here first. Exactly. That's why we have a wall or we should have a wall. That's why you have a wall in your house to let people in through the front door. That's why you don't have empty, you know, when you have an outhouse, there are walls around the outhouse. You have a portage on, there's walls around it. Why? Because you want people to go in the bathroom one at a time, not 10 at a time. And you don't want them to watch one another in the freaking bathroom. Like we have walls up for organization. So there's a process. One person in the bathroom, one person out. One person comes through the gate, Another person, one person in the White House, one person. Out of That's why we have a process. There's organization. What is this guy, an idiot? Yeah, yeah he says yes. I know, rhetorical question. That's why we have a wall. You have a wall to vector people to a port of entry. So if they have a legitimate asylum claim, we know who they are so you can hear the claim. You don't ask him to walk through the desert at three in the morning. Where's my officer? Where's my officer? I need to make an asylum claim now. You don't get to dictate the rules. We do. It's our country. Do you get the distinction? I'm going to put that down. I don't want to forget that for the radio show. Later. Sorry. They're our rules. If we say you can claim asylum and according to current law, you can, you have to do it a certain way. You can't claim asylum from a landing base on the moon. So Mayorkas like screw points of entry. Just claim asylum wherever you want. We'll just come to you, I guess. He also says, you know, screw the testing, too. We're not even doing much of that. You know, testing, schmesting at the border. Who needs that? We're in the middle of a pandemic. They told us our two-year-olds have to be masked on planes for. 
They told us we all have to get jabbed with a medication we might want, may not want, may not need. But if you're an illegal immigrant crossing the border and you don't really care about our rules because your first official act is to cross into the country illegally, don't worry. Testing, no worries. And you get to claim asylum wherever you want. You just waltz in 3.30 a.m. and demand a hearing. We'll fly a judge out to you. Here's Mayorkas this week in a press briefing on testing migrants. And of course, they don't have to be tested. But, you know, you do if you just want to go to your job or walk in a restaurant in New York. Check this out. Congregation under the bridge and congregating there. You're just mentioning COVID. What is the situation there? I know that the crowd has been dispersed. Do we know who has tested positive and people got sick, any kind of symptoms uh, among this group of 15,000, you said? Uh, yes. So uh, we did not. We do not uh, test. We did not test that population of individuals. Uh, we do not know. I do not know. I should say, if I may be perfectly accurate, I do not know whether anyone was sick with COVID. They're not testing. They're not testing these people at the border at all. They're testing you. Sticking mandates on you. So how many people have been released into the country? Remember, they wouldn't tell us last week. Folks, the answer is they don't know. They're just guessing. How do I know they don't know? Because Mayorkas doesn't know how many people walked into the country because they're walking in the country illegally. Therefore, because there's no wall to vector them to a point of entry, they have no idea who's here. You doubt me? Here's Mayorkas again, back to the Chris Wallace interview, admitting that, yeah, it was maybe ten to 12,000 people. But Joe, don't worry. It could be a whole lot more, too. Did I say it last week? Did I say it last week? I told you guys last week, I said, listen, they have no idea who's in the country. And that is the problem. Listen to Mayorkas. His only job is to know who's in the country. It's literally called the Department of Homeland Security. And the guy has no idea. Check this out. To answer my question directly, of the 17,400 that weren't deported back or didn't return on their own to Mexico, how many of them either, ha well, first, how many have been released into the U.S.? Uh, they're released on conditions, yes. and, and uh, approximately, I think it's about 10,000 or so, 12,000. Have been released? Yes. And of the 5,000 that are still in process? We will uh, make determinations whether they will be uh, returned uh, to uh, Haiti uh, based on our public health and public interest uh, authorities. So are we talking about a total of 12,000 or could it be even higher? It could, uh, it could be even higher. <laughs> it's not funny. What did I tell you last week? They have no idea. Could be 10,000, could be 12,000, could be even higher. That's a pretty big error rate, right guys? You guys are pretty smart math. We're yeah. off by what? 2%? No, you're off by 25. Joe, maybe 50. Could be 100%. Key goes, Joe, Key goes, that's a big window. Yeah, 10, 12, who knows, maybe 30. We have no idea. This, this, he runs the Department of Homeland Security, and he has no idea who's in the homeland. If you're a program liberal, you're sitting there because you can't critical think, and like Bozo, like a dopey clown, you cannot think straight. You have no critical thinking abilities at all. If you did, you'd be like, Gosh, that sounds like a problem. The guy who is the head of our Homeland Security Department has no ideas in the country. <sighs> all right, moving on. Let me get to my uh, my next sponsor. And the two biggest hoaxes of all time have now completely collapsed. I've got some killer video. I got an action item for you. Someone in the White House is in a lot of trouble 
with this latest break in the collusion hoax with that indictment a couple weeks ago with a Clinton-based law, Clinton-connected lawyer. Someone's in big trouble. So the two biggest hoaxes of our time have now fully collapsed, and they collapsed just in a couple weeks. Uh, the collusion fairy tale based, uh, you know, Trump colluded with the Russians using a Trump Tower server that was connected to an Alpha Bank server in Russia. We now know that story was completely fabricated, totally made up. I had Laura Fink on debating on my show this weekend on Fox. She had no idea what she was talking about. As always, the Democrats are getting increasingly impossible to debate on my show. They never want to answer a question. So the collusion hoax has completely collapsed. And now we know the Hunter Biden emails were Russian disinformation. That hoax has entirely collapsed, uh, collapsed too. But no worries here. Uh, Costanza, Brian Stelter, the coffee boy over at CNN, he's very angry, I, I've heard. Um, he's very upset that Joy Reid has managed to oust him from the gold medal position in the dopey media talking head Olympics. He held that position, Joe, for what? I mean, it was like five years or something. I mean, it was, yeah. he was on the medal stand for a, it was a long time. And he's yeah. upset because he's now the silver medalist. So he's training hard. So he was back at it this weekend. And now that the two biggest media uh, hoaxes in modern history have collapsed and CNN and everyone over there is egg on their face, don't worry. Costanza calls them, CNN and others, the reality-based media. This isn't a joke. Check this out. Yet he lays out one of these, you know, the, 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 exactly what you're describing, how it could all happen in 2024. It is, it is quite unnerving. And, and you say there's some cowards out there that don't want to talk about it. What do folks in the reality-based media do in the coming weeks? What's your advice for the press corps? I mean, my my advice for the press corps is to make to, is to is to drop the, the the fair and balanced about the one party and the other party. It's hilarious. The Arizona audit. That's what they're talking about there. But it applies to everybody. they've gotten every single thing wrong. The audit's clear as day. You can read it yourself. By the way, I read you the responses Arizona and Maricopa County had to a lot of the data. I gave you the facts. Because that's what we do. And you can make your own adult decisions on what you believe or don't believe when you have a good body of facts to make that determination on. Stelter, who's been on the wrong side of every issue, he acts like he can't read the results himself or he's too stupid. And then this is the same guy who pumped the PP hoax, the Hunter Biden Russian disinformation hoax. And with without any sense of irony at all, he calls him, he calls him and the reality-based media. It's kind of funny. Um, because now we know, again, that this collusion thing is entirely falling apart and that Clinton was in on it based on the lawyer who was working with her, the indictment. We now know that Joe Biden's national security advisor. Oh, yeah. Jake Sullivan was right in the middle of this whole thing. How is Joe Biden's current national security advisor knee deep in the collusion PP tape hoax? Jake Sullivan was Hillary Clinton on her presidential campaign, her foreign policy advisor. You don't remember that? We all did. Here's a great article in the Washington Examiner. Be up in the show notes today. Jake Sullivan by Jerry Dunleavy. There's great work on this. Jake Sullivan repeatedly promoted the Alpha Bank story at the center of the Durham indictment. You remember the Alpha Bank story? Just discussed it. Alpha Bank's in Russia. The dopey Clinton campaign said their servers were communicating with Trump Tower. If it sounds stupid, because it is, it was totally made up. It was totally, completely made up. Yeah, Jake Sullivan, who is now the National Security Advisor of the United States, this man must be investigated immediately. He should have resigned last week. This investigation should be happening right now about Jake Sullivan's role because there's only two explanations for Jake Sullivan. I'm going to read to you some of the stuff he said about the Alpha Bank collusion hoax. We're totally made up. But I want to be clear on this. This means... 
because he promoted this thing. Either Jake Sullivan is one of the dumbest human beings to ever occupy the office of national security advisor, which I don't believe, or Jake Sullivan could be complicit in what we now know is some criminal activity by a number of people with the Clinton campaign or alleged criminal activity. But it's there. Here's what Sullivan said about the Alpha Bank hoax at the time. Quote, this could be the most direct yet link between Trump and Moscow, Sullivan claimed. Computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russia bank. This secret hotline may be the key to unlocking the mystery of Trump's ties to Russia. This line of communication may help explain Trump's bizarre adoration of Vladimir Putin. Sullivan added, we can only assume that federal authorities will now explore this direct connection between Trump and Russia. It was a direct connection. What's the problem with that? The problem is that Jake Sullivan made the whole damn thing up and they knew it. And in case you think this was a one-off thing, here was Jake Sullivan on CNN with Wolf Blitzer explaining how this fake connection, it's totally made up. This fake connection between Trump Tower and Alpha Bank in Russia. Here's Sullivan explaining again how the tech experts told him this thing is the real deal. But that's not exactly what the tech experts told him. More on that in a second. Check this out first. What we learned during the campaign was that very serious computer science experts, people who work closely uh, with the United States government, had uncovered this secret hotline between uh, the Alpha Bank, the, the Russian bank, and the Trump organization. Now, of course, we didn't know for sure if, in fact, that were the case, but we knew that it should be investigated. And we knew that given how serious these computer scientists were, they weren't just making up crackpot theories. So it wasn't surprising to learn that even as of last week, the FBI is still looking into this. And do you have any idea what they're, what they're looking for? I don't. Uh, of course, I don't have a line into the FBI on this. But what I know, based on public reporting, is that there is very unusual server activity between this Russian bank and the Trump organization, which suggests contact that took place over the course of the campaign. Okay, so he just made that whole thing up. And notice what he says there. The tech experts told him and Mrs. Clinton, yeah, this thing is not some crackpot theory, man. This thing is real. Is that what the tech experts told him? Because now that the lawyer working with Mrs. Clinton, with Hillary, um, has been indicted, we got a hold on what the tech expert actually told them. And here it is right here. Wow, look at that. Pops right up. And what they actually told him is, nah, we can't defend against criticism that this isn't spoof traffic we're looking at. Talking about the traffic between Alpha and Trump Tower. There's no answer to that. He said, you realize we'll have to expose every trick in our bag to even make this weak association? He says, we cannot technically make any claims that would fly public scrutiny. <laughs> so Jake Sullivan's either an idiot, didn't know what that meant, which he's not. Where Jake Sullivan's a liar and may have a role in these alleged crimes. I'd like to know that. When's the interview of Jake Sullivan start? Better have started already. If it hasn't, FBI, FBI folks, hope you're listening at the upper end of the uh, spectrum. They decided to be a good idea to investigate Trump. If you're not investigating Jake Sullivan, you have zero credibility. Stop right now. Don't even defend yourself. I hope, I hope and pray you are doing the right thing and in investigating this clown in the White House right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point, he says. I'm sure the reality-based media is all over that. Stelter, the coffee boy, and Joy Reid. They're all over it. Stelter may get on it. He really wants that gold medal back. But this brings up some renewed questions. I want to hat-tip Aaron Mate, who's an actual journalist. Not a conservative, by the way, which doesn't matter to me. I respect journalists uh, who you can't really tell what their political ideology, ideology is. That's, those are the best journalists, right? 
when you just read facts, you're like, gosh, this guy a Republican or a Democrat? Doesn't matter. Facts aren't Republican or Democrat. They're just facts. So this is a hat tip to him. This is where I saw this. It's like, listen, uh, remember those shows, Joe, we did a long time ago? It, it, it reminded me about the DNC hack. We did those extensive shows about, was the DNC really hacked? By the Russians. Yes. You remember that allegation, folks? Yeah, we, we so did a lot of uh, Yeah, I mean, we did, we did hours and hours of content on this that no one seems to be able to show conclusively that their claims that Russia hacked the DNC during the 2016 Trump-Hillary election actually happened. No one can make any definitive claims. So Aaron Mate pulled this screenshot from some testimony. Sean Henry, the CrowdStrike, the president or CEO of CrowdStrike, they asked a question. This uh, congressman from Utah asked Henry a question about who hired CrowdStrike? Why does CrowdStrike matter? And Sean Henry works for CrowdStrike because CrowdStrike were the ones who made the connection between the DNC, Democratic National Committee, being hacked in Russia. So here is the question. Again, hat tip mate. So does this mean that you never had a contract, Mr. Henry, Henry, with the DNC directly then? They say they were hired by Perkins Coie, which is where the Clinton-based lawyer worked. Henry says, I mentioned the contract was with Michael Sussman from Perkins Coie. You picking up what I'm putting down here, folks? So the lawyer under current indictment, Michael Sussman, worked for the law firm Perkins Coie. That was hired by Mrs. Clinton and her team. That lawyer, Sussman and Perkins Coie, who are alleged to have made up this alpha bank story and then lied about who their client was, right? Don't you find it odd that they then hired CrowdStrike and the whole, the DNC hacked, uh, was hacked by the Russians came from CrowdStrike too? Was the DNC hacked at all? Where'd they get those emails? I answered those questions a long time ago. Doesn't appear they were hacked at DNC. Brings up some interesting questions, doesn't it? Brings up some interesting questions about Sean Henry, too, right? Sean Henry was the CrowdStrike executive who, again, they were hired by Sussman, the Clinton lawyer. And then CrowdStrike, after they were hired, went on and said, hey, listen, it looks like these DNC uh, emails were hacked by the Russians. Kind of strange. Uh, when I, you go back to the FBI archives, you find things like this. Sean Henry, this is the same guy from CrowdStrike. FBI.gov. This is from September of 2010. Sean Henry, named Executive Assistant Director of the Criminal Cyber Response and Services Branch of the FBI. And who named him? Director Robert S. Mueller. The same guy who was supposed to be investigating the alleged hack of the DNC by the Russians that Sean Henry, the guy he, he uh, promoted, Bob Mueller, said happened. Same guy hired by the Clinton lawyer who's alleged to have lied about representing who he worked for. Folks, they all know each other. Henry worked for Mueller. Henry was hired by Sussman. Sussman was hired by Clinton. They all know each other. The reason Bob Mueller was appointed a special counsel. I think he knows where all the bodies are buried. But was the DNC even hacked at all? And it brings up some really fascinating questions, doesn't it? If the DNC was not hacked, and I don't think it was, let me be crystal clear. Again, I've done shows on this because it seems like CrowdStrike can't even say that definitively. But where did they get those emails? 
Was it just simple phishing scams on John Podesta and others? Possibly. But did some, were some of those emails given over to people and said, hey, if I give you these, tell everyone they were hacked and then we can blame it on Trump? Oh, I guess we'll see, right? All right, let me get to my next sponsor. And then Joe Biden believes in the money fairy and in the trickle-down fairy, too. There's a trickle-down fairy? Oh, yeah, there's a trickle-down economics fairy. Thomas Sowell explain in a minute. Don't miss out. It's coming up. I can't get over that, that last thing. I can't get over I Really, how they all know each other. That's why my, my last book about this I wrote, I titled it Follow the Money. Clinton team hires Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan works now for Biden. Jake Sullivan and the Clinton team promote a hoax promoted by a lawyer they hired, Michael Sussman. The lawyer then hires CrowdStrike to then what appears to make a, an allegation that doesn't seem backed up by fact that the Russians hacked the DNC. CrowdStrike team is run by a guy, Sean Henry, who used to work for Bob Mueller, who's now investigating all of their malfeasance later on. <laughs> it's just too good to be true. Follow the money every time. All the connections there in the book, laid them all out. Get it from your library. You don't have to just get it from your library. Follow the library. Not a library. Library. You'll see how I put it. I tie it all together. Just follow the money, folks. They all know each other. This was a cabal of idiots who made up a story. And once they all got caught, they hired Bob Mueller to clean up the mess because he knew where all the bodies were buried. Simple as that. All right, moving on. So uh, Joe Biden last week wanted to pump his $3.5 trillion bankruptcy bill. Guaranteed de facto bankruptcy after this. And uh, in this short clip, he promotes two already destroyed, annihilated hoaxes. The money fairy hoax. There is no money fairy. There's no money fairy. The government does not create anything. Everything the government spends, it takes from you. Everybody understand that? The government does not combine, you know, leather and phone of computer chips and glass and make some kind of like iPhone device or a pen. It doesn't do any of that. The government just takes stuff. It doesn't add value. Outside of our military and court system, the government is a destroyer of wealth. The government takes. Here's Joe Biden in one clip again talking about the hoax money fairy and the trickle-down hoax. Check this out. We talk about price tags. The, it is zero price tag on the debt. We're paying. We're going to pay for everything we spend. So this, it's not, you know, people, understandably, well, you know, it started off at $6 trillion, now it's $3.5 trillion, now it's going, it going to be $2.9 It's going to be zero. Zero. Because in, the, in that plan that I put forward, and I said from the outset, I said, I'm running to change the dynamic of how the economy grows. I'm tired of trickle down. The trillionaires and billionaires are doing very, very well. You all know, you've all reported it. They're trillionaires? I wasn't aware of that. They were trillionaires. I'd like to meet that guy. Trillionaires. The trillionaires and billionaires, you've done very well. Um, he, I don't know if he meant to say billionaires or millionaires, but then he'd put Bernie and himself in there, so he'd be kind of uh, lumping himself in. But he says a few things there. Uh, this isn't going to cost anything, and we're paying for it. He's not paying for anything. You're paying for it. In the form of increased debt, debt is just taxes later, either taxes now or taxes later. He is hiking the corporate tax, which means higher prices for you. He is hiking the income tax. They are looking at getting up, uh, getting their money on your 401k plan. You do that Roth conversion, that mega conversion they do now, you know that's going too. All of this stuff's going to be, you a farmer, you own land, 
taxes. There are taxes coming down the pipeline. You are that are going to slam you right in the nads, folks. <laughs> Sorry, Breakfast Club style. It is coming big time to hurt you. Your wallet, it is going to attack your checkbook. This bill is huge, enormous. We have never seen anything like it in U.S. history. And he says, don't worry, we're paying. He's not paying, you're paying. And he talks about trickle down for trillionaires and uh, billionaires. There are no trillionaires, but that doesn't matter. It's Joe Biden. He doesn't know his own name. So whenever they bring up trickle-down economics, I've played this a couple times, I always go to the famous Thomas Thomas Sowell uh, piece of video here, where Thomas Sowell said, folks, trickle-down doesn't exist. Thomas Sowell's had this bet going for a long time. If you can find the theory of trickle-down, he would love to hear it. There's no such thing as trickle-down. It's made up. The reason left says trickle down is because it sounds bad, looks bad. Trickle down, rich people get rich. And it just trickled down the, the scraps from Longshank's table. There's no theory of trickle down economics. It is a made up, fabricated talking point. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Here's Thomas Sowell on that. President Obama in December of last year, the market will take care of everything. They tell us jobs and prosperity will eventually trickle down yeah. to everyone else. In April of this year, during the Bush years, the wealthy got wealthier. But prosperity sure didn't trickle down. In July, this past summer, Barack Obama, we've tried it their way. It didn't work. We were told that prosperity would start at the top and then trickle down. Close quote. Where does this trickle, where does this phrase trickle down come from? Oh, I don't know. It was as far back as, uh, as, the, as the first, as the uh, Roosevelt administration. Uh, there is absolute, it is an incredible thing. It's, there is a non-existent theory that is constantly being attacked. Uh, some years ago in my newspaper column, I challenged anybody to cite any economist outside of an insane asylum who had ever made that argument. Nobody ever, ever, ever came up with a single person. So when Barack Obama says in this past July, quote, we were told. That prosperity. Ask him who would, told him? Nobody told him. Nobody. No told economist him. has ever held that. No, no politician has ever said it. I don't know of anybody who's ever said it. In fact, uh, when I put this out, and I went, went, went out a nationally syndicated column, uh, various people uh, wrote me and said, "Well, so and so said that. So and so said it. Find me the person who said it. I don't want to hear how you." A said that B said, find me B and show me where he said it. And that was years ago. Not one example has been offered. When is some entrepreneurial journalist actually doing their job going to ask Joe Biden to explain what he means, the actual theory of trickle down, where it is? Is anyone going to ask him ever? Of course, require you to do your jobs. He's just making it up because it sounds ugly. Trickling down. He's just making it up. There is, folks, it doesn't exist. It's never existed. It's a talking point. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Again, big news. I got the, the five all week. I don't know what's going to happen. So please check that out. Don't miss that. I don't know who's in this week, Geraldo or Jess Tarloff, but I'm sure it'll be spicy on the panels. It's always fun. I'll be there live. Check that out. That's why we recorded a little early today. So uh, we appreciate it. Check out the five and be sure to check out my Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino. Make sure you subscribe. We really appreciate it. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.